you know, the cancer doesn't show up in the blood work unless it's a blood cancer. Did you know that what you just heard? I didn't. Well, hello, friend. Welcome back. I know you stopped by because you were expecting another chat where you could be enlightened, inspired, and informed. Well, guess what? You've come to the right place. Yes, this is Life and Faith Chats. We have another special guest who's going to be sharing her memoir, her book with us. You'll want to hear everything she has to say. So this chat is divided into separate, well, it's divided into three parts. You will want to hear all of it because it gets better and better. Join us. Yes, this is Life and Faith Chats, and I am your host, Joy. And you know the deal? You know this is the place where we use the number one best-selling book in the world, the Bible, to inform us and enlighten us, and also interviews that give us information to help us walk in the purpose that God designed for us to walk. So let's get into it. I am honored to have a very special guest today who happens to be a best-selling author, a family and patient advocate, and a cancer survivor. And our guest today is Mrs. Barry Roberts Ross. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and share my story. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear and um, what, what a privilege. Thank you. You have a fascinating and unique story. I Rarely just, I read things, but I started reading your book last night and I didn't want to put it down. I got the Kindle version. I was like, wow, wow. So I've, I've really been looking forward anyway. Could you please tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm a Midwest girl, uh, but I've lived in probably ever. I always say people I've lived in every major city except for L.A., and San Francisco uh, have moved around quite a bit. My choice, the adventurer. Uh, I am a world traveler. I love to travel. That's my passion. I um, this COVID has kind of put me in a tizzy, <laughs> having to be at home instead of on a plane. But I've adjusted. Okay. <laughs> um, I am married to Charles Ross, uh, and he is a major part of the story that I wrote. It's in memoir form. Um, we have been married 19 years. Wow. And when the story, t and when the story begins, we were practically newlyweds. Wow. But, but uh, the, the crux of the story or the, the point of the story, and, and again, it's a memoir, is that in 2009, my husband and I were diagnosed with two types of deadly cancer, 72 hours apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what makes our story unique is that most of the time, in most situations, it's one, one spouse or the other or one person in the family. Uh, but for us, it was a double whammy. And uh, dealing with that 
and and how we got through it. We are both survivors. I am 11 year survivor. My husband is an 11 year survivor. Oh, praise God. And he's had two cancers. Ah. He he had the initial one. It was called acute lymphoblastic leukemia. He had a leukemia in 2009. I was diagnosed with a rare case of, they call it head and neck cancer. It was all the way in the back of my throat or the base of my tongue. And it's very rare. And it's especially rare for African-American women. Mm -hmm. Uh, But cancer can strike anybody in any place. That's what cancer does. Before I continue with your story, I am interested in something. I'm curious about something you said before that. And I know it's totally off the story in terms of what you said. You said um, you like traveling. You are a world traveler. So I was just curious before I jump into the story about what are some of the places you visited and any favorite places. And I know this is separate from the No problem. No problem. We're just talking. So we're just talking. We're hanging out. So I have been to uh, Senegal and Gambia in the west coast of Africa. I've been to Egypt, which is an inside, actually inside the Great Pyramid, which was just a, a blessing to be able to do that. Um, because the, I'm sorry? No, I said one because of my, my dreams. Yes. Oh, and, and you have to do that one. That's that's my all. That's my number one. And I've been a lot of places. I've been to um, Barcelona, Spain, which is another one of my favorite places. I, of course, I've been to France and England and Amsterdam and all through Europe. Quite a few European places. I've been to every island in the Caribbean. <laughs> nice. Just, I've been to Hawaii, every island over there. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of my favorite trips was to the uh, big island of Hawaii, and I got to stand right next to, right on top of <laughs> the volcano so and watch. <laughs> I am, I am. I just, I that's that's my spirit. I've I've jumped out of airplanes. <laughs> ah, you're one of those. Oh. I'm that girl. I'm that girl. Yeah, I like I like you. <laughs> You who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I live vicariously through people like you because oh, that okay. sounds like my husband and my son. Well, both of my sons. Oh, yeah. I like I like that. I like oh, that. Thank you. I've, I've traveled a lot too, but not you've got me beat. Okay. Yeah. In terms of world, world traveling. So you were living your best life. I even read and saw that you owned a restaurant. Yeah. My husband and I had retired from corporate America, which we both worked in, and uh, had decided, so what are we going to do next? We were newlyweds. We wanted to try something different. So we were in Virginia. We moved out to Phoenix. That was our first thing because it's going to change where we live. And then when we got out there, we were like, so what are we going to do? Did not want to go back into corporate and uh, just thought about owning our own business. So in looking around Phoenix, and this was what, 12, 15 years ago. And looking around Phoenix, we saw that there weren't a lot of, uh, there were only a couple of African-American owned restaurants. And so we thought that would be a great business opportunity. Uh, something new. We decided to do seafood in the desert. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and at the 
And then there were a lot of people moving from the East Coast out there who were looking for crab cakes, who were looking for, you know, different kinds of fish and seafood and those kinds of things, because it's not really big out there. You know, it's mostly Mexican food and Southwestern food. So I thought, "Eh, this looks like an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you were healthy and then this happened. Yeah. did you have any kind of clue, any feelings about, you know, anything that was kind of off kilter? Yeah. My husband had tons of clues. My husband was actually uh, had many, many symptoms for four or five months before the diagnosis. He was weak. He was, um, you know, he had um what do you call them? He had little nodules, little swellings in his lymph nodes and this. And, you know, he had lots of symptoms. I was totally asymptomatic, and which is what I'm learning or what I've learned is for certain cancers, you don't know until it's late stage. They're able to hide in the body or not give off signals or give off signals that it's an infection or give off signals that it's, you know, something else other than what it really is. And that was the kind that I had. Okay. So uh, as, as happened was my husband was going for his, you know, going back and forth to the doctor. And I was able to go with him to an appointment. And so he's sitting there, the doctor's still saying, well, we're not sure what's wrong with you, Mr. Ross, or, you know, we, let's try this, let's try that. I show up. And the doctor says, um, my husband told him, he said, well, I noticed a slight lump, you know, because he had swollen um, lymph nodes everywhere. And he told the doctor, he said, I noticed a slight knot on the back of my wife's uh, neck. And I said, you do? (laughs) And he said, yeah. And I said, honey, I'm, I'm still up working, running, doing all my usual stuff. And the doctor looked at me and he said, well, let me see what he said. Well, maybe it's something contagious. You guys are passing it back and forth. But again, my husband was literally in the bed and I'm up running the restaurant, doing my life, doing, you know, doing things and taking care of my husband. So when the doctor when the doctor looked at mine, he said, hmm. He said, "Uh, could you come back tomorrow? I want you to come back tomorrow. I want to run some tests on you. So I did. I went back the next day. He uh, did what they call a fine needle biopsy. He just stuck a needle in the little swelling behind my ear. And two days later, he calls me and he says, I don't know. Still don't know what your husband has, but you have cancer. (laughs) And Uh I looked at him. I said, I have cancer. And he said, yes. And I said, oh, I said, uh, but I don't have any symptoms. And he said, well, your symptom is this lump in the back, of, you know, in the behind your ear. He said, but clearly the biopsy is showing that it's cancerous. Okay. And I want you to go have some more tests. So I left there and went and had CAT scan, went and had scans. And he called me back uh, and he scheduled my husband for a biopsy few days later. And when he called me back, he said, you have cancer. And not only do you have cancer, it's spread. I was just blown away. I was really blown away that um, 
you've been working with my husband all of these months and you don't know what he's going, what, what his diagnosis is, but you have one for me. And the hard part was when he said, I said, so what are we going to do about it? Cause I'm, I'm the optimist. I'm always going to take the positive side of whatever it is, ask my questions and try to get an answer. I, had you felt the not no before you I had not said anything not at all and if if i'm correct please i mean i might not be please correct me i think i read that you had just had a i guess some kind of physical or something yeah. everything was okay everything's fine blood work was fine. With blood work or anything no no because that's not Again, people, you know, the cancer doesn't show up in the blood work unless it's a blood cancer. <laughs> that's and, so good to know that that's yes. really good to know, because then you leave with this false sense of, oh, OK, if you have a blood cancer, which is what my husband had uh, the first time he had, the, the first cancer he had was a blood cancer. It was showing up as, you know, white blood cells, inflammation, all of this. But to find out if it's cancer, it needed another level of diagnosis, which was the actual biopsy to actually take out a lymph node and look at it. But the cancer I had, would they would have never gotten it in the blood. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. okay. I still can't wrap my head around it because then what questions do you ask when you go for your physical and they say everything's fine? One of the things that we have to do as patients. And this is now I'm putting on my patient advocate hat. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that we have to do as patients is to tell the doctor everything. Okay. They have to know all of your symptoms, not some of your symptoms, not a few of your symptoms. They have to know everything. And even if when they give you that little questionnaire and it says other down at the bottom or on the side. So if they ask you a whole list of questions, do you have this? Do you have that? And you start checking stuff off. When you get to the other, you write the other things that you're feeling, that you're going through, that are showing up, that aren't on those lists. They can do additional testing. But if you don't bring it up, they, you know, they have their, they call it um, standard. You know, standards of care, SOC, standards of care. And that's all. Okay, I told you it was going to be good. And it's not over. You have to come back. You have to check. And in the meantime, you can tell a friend to join. You can like. You can leave a comment. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for blessing me. My prayer is that I am a blessing to you. Peace.